You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, A. Scully and Sitor. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome, Sid Talk, to this fine Saturday afternoon. Beautiful. Thank you. Welcome to it. Thank how you, you. How are you doing over there? <laughs> Clear over here? Yep. If you are, are a listener to the show, you don't understand our locations. I'm sat with my back to Sid Talk, and Sid Talk is sat with a side to me. Is that right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we don't look at each other, especially it's not like in the like I'm eyes. facing north, you're facing east. Because we don't need to look each other in the eyes. Oh, God, no. It was so terrible when we had to sit and just stare at each other in the early years. No offense. Yeah, we only had one microphone in the earlier shows. And you couldn't do anything? Like, now I can look at my stuff and follow my whatevers and look up stuff. I can shop. I can play my city skylines and just uh, coincidentally record a podcast. This is not the before the after the show discussion. That's just happening right this minute. So it's like the now of the after the show discussion. But what can happen now is Sid Talk can devote a full 60% of her attention instead of 100. Perfect. 60 seems high, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's Saturday, November the 5th. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. What about it? What about it? What about the... You just have to remember that the 5th of November is the... the, That it's two days before a very important holiday? Yes, I do remember that. Yes, that's it. Remember, remember the 5th of November and... After the show, number 761, we're a movie review podcast, and every week we look at a new movie. This week we're looking at the movie Pearl. It's a 2022 movie. You can get it on streaming and Blu-ray and 4K right now. It's rated R from our friends at A24. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of the movie Pearl. A young woman wants to leave the farm during World War I and the 1918 pandemic. She is unwell. She has mental health issues. We have to say that. I don't want to be rude about it, but she's not well. And then there's some grossness. That's it. I feel like an amateur wrote the IMDb, you know, synopsis. Okay. Are you ready? Oh, you mean an amateur compared to my professional? Well, this is the official one that's on IMDb. So here we go. Backstory on how Pearl became the person she was. That's it? That's it. You know why? Because they assume... That you already know what's what. Right, but that's... Because this is... I skipped over this part because it does kind of survive on its own. To me, it does anyway. This is a prequel to another movie. That we reviewed three months ago. X. Yeah. And so I think that is just presuming that people know this, you know? Pearl, what did you think? I loved it. The end. (laughs) I really loved it. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to hate it. and I can almost predict what your one-star reviews are going to sound like over there from the IMDb galaxy. But I really loved it. And it's because of her. Because the the woman who plays Pearl and the vibe and it looks gorgeous. And there are scenes of dialogue that, or monologue, I should say, that are just like captivating. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. 
I don't know what else to tell you. Let's say, how did you like X at the time? I can't remember. Um, I think I liked it. I mean, I think there was some, I might've said a little bit of it's up its own ass, you know, slightly, ever so slightly, because, you know, I probably did say that. But um, I think I like this one as a whole story. I just love it. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, and X was the film that we watched a few months ago. And that was set in the 1970s. And it was almost like a traditional horror film. Crazy mm-hmm. kids go to a place. They're not really kids, but you know what I'm saying. A and group of adults who seem very obnoxious go to a place where somebody's going to horrifically murder them, them all. Yes. yes. And it was pretty simple. And-, and so this movie is the same place. And if we're going to do spoilers, one of the same characters from this uh-huh. movie, but in 1918. So we're going back 61 years. Is that right? Um, is that math right? I think so. But 61 plus 18 is 79. So yeah. Yeah. Carry the one. (laughs) Yeah, so it goes back in time, and it's presented to you like an old movie also, which I really A little bit. Not totally. Not once it gets going, but... It's kind of technical looking. It's very bright and colorful. Oh, it's got a lot of throwbacks to some of my faves, like uh, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and they also... Yeah, I I would say The Scarecrow is a throwback to Mm -hmm. that. Feels like it. And the obviously the when she's riding a bicycle... And the audio, the way it's kind of like old talky movies. Do you get what I'm saying? They put a filter on the voices so it sounded like an old movie. Did they? Yeah, like an old microphone. Like, um, Did he really or is that just you hearing that? Because I didn't hear that. No, that's not me. He did that. Okay, because I, I didn't, didn't make hear that. it up. So if you listen to like something like The Wizard of Oz, their voices sound a particular way because of the microphones they used in those times. It's different to how things sound now. I don't know about that. I'd have to be confirmed. That is absolutely 100% confirmed. <laughs> I don't trust you, so I'm going to have to look. So that's how I was saying it was presented like an old film. Even like the credits and, you know, they use the old fonts and everything. Mm-hmm. The character of Pearl in X, I'd never thought she was the most interesting thing about it. I like Maxine's crew was more interesting to me than Pearl. Okay, you're confusing everyone. So Pearl is in the movie X, which we're not discussing, but apparently you are. So that's like, so Pearl, are we going to tell them who she is in the, are we going to spoil everything? I think we probably are. Yeah. If you've not seen Pearl or X, go and see them both. Yes. Go watch them. So, and then if you do watch them and you're mad because we've told you stuff, then. Does it matter which order you watch them in? Because I don't think it does. I think it's cool either way. Hmm. I think that because I've seen it, the 70s and then the prequel, Mm -hmm. I would, mm, I don't know. I'd say watch them in order of. Chronological? No, watch them in the order he made them because, but watch them right in a row. Okay, so here's, I'm going to think. So, So I'm sitting there watching this one, which is the prequel, right? So as we approach the farm. We see the house and the inside. I know that I know just because I know logistically they made this movie the same time they made the other one, like literally the same time. So it's not like they had to wait 10 years and rebuild the set. But my brain was like, is that the way it was in the other movie? Is that is that the same wallpaper? Is that the same paint on the wall? Is that the same weird table? Is that table mean something? Is that knife mean something? (laughs) Right. So I'm kind of like trying to get my own brain to throw back to the future. Back to the Future. There's a good name for a movie. Mm. So I would suggest watch. If you're going to watch them, just watch them both together. Like right now. Yeah. X then Pearl. 
Yeah. So in the in X, which is the first movie in the 70s, these people come to the farm and there's an old couple there and all of a sudden the people start dying and we find out that there's a mentally ill Pearl who's lived there for all of her life, 70, 80 years, and she's wants to be young and be a dancer and be on the stage. And she thinks, I think either murdering all the young women will keep her younger. I don't know what the deal is. I don't remember. I don't even think it was that. There wasn't any magical anything. Well, there was because she laid in bed with her at one point. It wasn't magical. It was "Ah." just weird and murderous. So now we're going back to 1918 when Pearl, who is the murderess, and kind of her uh, origin story, essentially, is what we're talking about. Not necessarily why she ends up being a murderer, but just what happens, you know, how she got there. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Pearl is the murderous lady. Maxine will be in another movie called Maxine. She's the lady from the 70s. Right. Who escapes being murdered by... This is not convoluted or confusing (laughs) in any way. All right, so let's get back to Pearl. Oh, and they're all in porno. Pearl's not about porno, though. We don't know. We don't know what happens between now and the 70s. Right. Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) What did you like in specific? I just felt like she is mesmerizing this actress and... Mia Goth. Former, yeah, Mia Goth. She is, I don't know, because I don't know her. And, you know, it is her job. It is the task of the performer to embody a character. But it just felt like something clicked in her mind about this person and Pearl's struggle to... And she lays it all on the line in this one in a very gorgeous monologue about wanting to be loved and she knows something's wrong with her, but she doesn't know what it is and why can't she be like other people and all that. And I feel like somewhere along the line, Mia, the actress, it just hit her. It infused in her. And then when she's doing these scenes, her compassion for this character is what I'm feeling always, even... Even when she's mad and she's screaming at the top of her lungs, she's like all in, you know, and I'm waiting for those moments. That's what I'm looking for her to keep finding out, like figuring out, oh, my God, I am fucked up and I feel alone and afraid and angry. And, you know, she's and then these scenes where she finally explodes or she breaks down. I'm filling the time with how gorgeous it looks. And I like the story. It's weird. And it's kind of like. But it's also very typical, right? They're out on a farm. They murder people and throw them in the pond, feed them to the alligator. So you're like, oh, that's very standard horror stuff, I guess. <laughs> but she is the magnet that that keeps drawing me in, for real. Did you ever feel any empathy to her? Yes, I did because of how she did her in that one scene. And there's a monologue, a yeah. five-minute five monologue, which is actually... While most movies like have a big like showdown at the end or something, there is something like that. But I think the monologue is what the ending of this movie is. Yeah, and I feel like it's not just that because we we lead up to this monologue where she is basically actually saying what's in her mind. Yeah, and it's when she's realizing there's something wrong with her as she's saying what she's done and how she feels and everything, but. Even when she goes to the church and she's sitting there and her she's her posture is straight up and she's like, it has like she goes to a dance audition at the church. Right. So in her mind, getting this dance audition, getting approved for this little trip that they're going to tour around the state doing a dance show. 
is her ticket out of the farm. She's desperate to get away from this farm. So her posture, her her desperation in her face, and just she's disconnected from what's around. That's like, you know, even part of the monologue to me. So I just am leading up to, like you said, usually you're used to waiting for some big showdown and the seven last final people to all get murdered in grotesque ways. Yeah. I was actually just kind of, I didn't know what I was waiting for because I didn't know where it was going, but I felt like she was slowly breaking down and building herself up at the same time. See, it's complex. And it shows you right from the beginning that she's kind of, she's killing animals firstly. Mm. She admits that. Yeah. yeah. We see her kill a goose. Yeah. Then she admits to killing small animals in her childhood and she really enjoys it and doesn't really bother her. We see her take an egg away from and then crush an egg. Yeah, I think she wanted to grow her own alligator, but then... Then she just like but you know what? murdering it would be You better. know what? Now that I think about it, and this is live, me thinking live. In her monologue, she says about, unfortunately, she had a miscarriage, but to her, like in her, a couple of years before her husband went to World War One, a couple of years before, apparently, right? To her having the miscarriage, and I know this is terrible for some people to hear, but to Pearl, this is how her feeling was. She doesn't like life. She doesn't want to care for life. She doesn't want to take care of anyone or anything because it's draining and exhausting and it's terrible. Life is terrible to her, right? Right. So then we see her take this egg from the alligator nest, put it in a nest up in the barn, but then she goes and crushes it. And just now I'm realizing she probably dawned on her if that thing is born. Like, how the hell am I going to deal with that? Right. I'm going to have to take care of that thing, even though, you know, you don't know what was really going on in her head. But now I think about it. Yeah. Pearl's not well. No. That's not an excuse for her behavior, but she's not well. I definitely felt sad for her at many points, especially the monologue, because she's really bearing everything. Yep. And it's, it's just... It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's, it's literally gorgeous. a straight-up matter of fact. This is a list of things that are in my brain. I'm going to tell them to you. And she's telling them in this way where she's talking to her cousin, right? It's a cousin. No, it's her sister-in-law. Sister-in-law, sorry. And I'm terrible with family. You are. I mean, they said it like five times, but okay. All right. She's talking to her sister-in-law, but her sister-in-law has asked her the question of what would you say to your husband if he was here, right? Yeah, because Pearl's very upset and um, the sister-in-law knows something bad has happened because there's a pig outside rotting on the porch. Why? Pearl's mother-in-law brought a pig out to the house, like a roasted pig in a nice pan with vegetables. To give to the mom because Pearl and her mom and the dad who is, he's in a wheelchair. He's, something's gone very wrong, right? So they're giving her this pig like, you know, as a gesture of niceness. And she refuses it and leaves it on the porch. So it's been sitting there for days and now it's got maggots all over it and everything. So the sister-in-law sees that and she goes in and there's no mom and there's no dad. And it feels, the vibe is real weird. And so she's like, Pearl's like, something's wrong with me, right? Something's very wrong with me. And I just feel whatever. And the sister-in-law's like, well, just tell me. Like you're telling Howard, who is this young lady's brother and Pearl's husband, right? Yeah. Just just pretend like I'm Howard and you want to tell me the truth. Just tell me everything because he'll understand. You know, he's he loves you. He adores you. So And then she, she just lets everything come out. Yeah. And she's like, she's talking to Howard in her mind, who's off at World War One, And... She confesses some terrible things. And then the whole time you're not seeing the sister-in-law's face. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this girl, this poor girl. (laughs) Because we know Pearl by now. Yeah. She's not going to let the girl go 
No. No. It's unfortunate. <laughs> it's very unfortunate. She even says at the end, she goes, are you scared of me? And she looks and she's like, no, no. No, but and Pearl then, can tell. And then it's a, I'm just going to leave kind of moment. She leaves and then you're like, oh. Mm, she, she doesn't get very far, no. sadly. So. Uh, I mean, I knew that was coming. Yeah. Because there's no way. No. No. Not at this point. No. Pearl has accepted her fate. And throughout the movie, her objective is to get away from the farm, like to escape her her horrible life from her point of view. And then in the end, she's like, she takes a line that her mother said, which is, you know, stop wanting more, just accept what you have and appreciate, do what you can with what you have. And then at the end, she's like, basically... I'm just going to stay on this farm and be a murdering psychopath. <laughs> yeah. And who knows what she gets up to in this from there to the X movie. Yeah. I mean, she gets, we're assuming because you remembered mm-hmm. that there was another, we see her push a car into the lake here in this movie after she kills a guy. But in the next movie X, we see a, another car that's not that one also in the swamp. So. It could be a situation of hundreds of murders over yeah. the years, right? It could be. I'm curious. I'd like to have this guy really tell the full story, you I, know. I also would like to see in between these two movies, not not after. Mm. Well, maybe you can make a fourth one. But I rarely want that, but for some reason, I would even read, if he wrote this all as a book, all of it. Yeah. Whole of Pearl and Maxine's lives and whatever else he wants to add to it. And I don't read books. I'm going to admit that now. I don't care what you think of me. That's the truth. Um, I would read that book because I'm fascinated. And because I have Pearl, Mia as Pearl in my mind and yeah. as Maxine, that's what I would bring as I'm reading it. I don't know. Uh, maybe I should send him a tweet. Are you saying you've got no imagination? You can't make your own. <laughs> I have a good imagination. <laughs> However, because she was so good. Yeah. And I was all in on this character now for the good and for better or worse. Right. I'm all in with Pearl. That's what I would imagine is her. She just, I mean, captivating is the only word I can think of. It's what makes the movie what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's gorgeous and it's paced beautifully and the music and the soundtrack and the. And it can be very score. sickening at times. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the smells have to be horrible at that house. Yeah, it probably does reek. There's the rotting pig. There's the mom who's lots of farm animals. Good shape. Well, the farm animals, I can handle farm shit. We're talking about death and decay here. Like the dad can't smell very good because the mom even says, don't let him sit in his own waist because he's in a wheelchair, can't do anything. And so the multiples of people dead around, it's got to smell bad. One of the things that really creeped me out the most in this movie is like you say, a dad is in, you know, infirm in a wheelchair. He doesn't talk. He's just sits there. Basically there was the one scene where Pearl brought him in the bathroom while she had a bath and just let him sit and watch her. It was uncomfortable. I found that uncomfortable. (laughs) But it didn't, there was no like. No, it wasn't like a weird perverted thing. No, it was just just, like she needed to have a bath and she's just asked to watch him, right? I think that tells you how disconnected Pearl is from reality. That that's not even a thing to her. No. You know what I mean? She's given her dad his bath. She's got the hot water in the tub. She then just gets in the tub naked because she tells her mom, I don't want to waste the hot water. Which was something um, my mother mom would. comes in. You can see mom's like, this isn't right. You- <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? But the other one is when she puts her hands around her dad's throat. Mm-hmm. And she just, first she's kind of like caressing him, kind of, and then she just like tightens her grip. 
and you can hear him going, oh. mm. and she pushes it right to the edge almost. And I was like, oh, like it's the same. I as mean, a- then she almost pushes him off to the alligator. So she was on the verge the whole time of becoming uh, Pearl. And the thing with her dad was like when she nearly pushed him off into the alligators, she was actually doing it because she was like, your life is just what, what is the point in it? From her point of view, point of he view. was suffering, but she was really doing it for herself. Yeah, I think it would have cured two things. Maybe he for just, her. Yeah, I, I don't know how happy he was actually either, though. Do you? I mean, I don't know about happiness, but I mean, he was. We're not, but in the beginning, we're not given any clues that he's actually aware of anything at all. But in as Pearl starts going downhill, he starts showing emotions. His eyes start like perking up and getting really scared and he cries. And then he's like trying to make sound when she's finally about to push him off the deck dock. And then when she's about to suffocate him and she left him there after she threw the, the fiery mom down the stairs. I yeah. mean, it's ter- it sounds terrible. When she leaves him to go off and sleep with this guy <laughs> and then she comes back and she's like, Oh, sorry, dad. She was genuinely sorry. I will stick up for her. I will say, she I don't, I'm not sticking up for her. She's a murderer. Yeah, but she's effed up too. No excuse, but she really is. It's a different type of movie because it's more drama than horror. Yes, there is some horror and some really gruesome scenes. That's not what I remember about it. I remember Pearl's descent into madness, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> more than I do remember her like killing stuff. You know? Yes, the vibe of her. It's like when you think of Friday the 13th, the first movie, all you're really thinking about is Kevin Bacon getting a knife up through him on the bed and about all the different kinds of deaths. Or if you think about Halloween, the movie, you think about the guy that he sticks in the closet and, you know, bashing in the door with Jamie Lee Curtis in the closet. This, the grossness, other than the rotting pig or the corpses sitting at the table, like that kind of stuff kind of sticks with me. But mostly I'm remembering her speech. Yes, her becoming her. I'm also remembering a lot where she's sat outside the church talking to her sister-in-law and mm-hmm. she's trying to be act like a regular person. You know, when a sister-in-law says, oh, um, that's what sister-in-laws do for each other. And then she's kind of like, oh, yeah. Like- she kind of spits that back at her as though, that, yeah, that'll make her cheer her up or something. Like she's trying to figure out how to interact with True. ordinary people, let's say. Ordinary. But that whole thing there where she was... She came out of the audition and she was crying. Also, how awesome was the dance sequence during the audition? It was good. <laughs> I mean, this is full of like surprising things that you wouldn't expect to come from this kind of film. I don't know. It's I really liked it. We'll go on the cast here. Mia Goth as Pearl. I give the lady an Oscar, I say. Seriously, she needs to If you're to in be- a horror movie, you don't tend to get nominated for stuff, do you? She needs acknowledgement. You know what it reminded me of was the guy that you like from... I mean, you liked him anyway, but in Red State, when he does his monologue thingy. Oh, yes. Yes. Horror movie people, they don't tend to get nominated, do they? Unless you're The Exorcist or something like that. Did they? I don't even think they did. I think The Exorcist got an Academy Award, right? Or was it for the director? Yeah, I don't think for the performances, but I don't know. I have to look it up. But Mia Goth is exceptionally good, better than she was in the other movie. She's the focus here. She's the entire focus of the entire thing. I don't Are you think saying it, Mia has the same complex as Pearl and she needs to be the center of attention? Is there a scene in this movie that she is not in? Because I can't think of one. Good question. I don't, you're right. I don't think there is. No. So 
you get you get to see a lot of Mia Goth. She's there all the time and always superb. Like it, I can't fault the performance. We've got Tandy Wright as Ruth, her mother. What do you think of the mother? She was also amazing. Oh my God, when she gets to talking to her and. So we've got her mother's German and we, we're going to assume her father's German, right? So like they've come to America probably because she speaks very thick German accent and she speaks German most of the, or part sometimes, of the time. Yeah. yeah, sometimes. And she's very strict and she's very like put together. She's been caring for this husband who's now in a wheelchair and unwell. She's real severe and you're like, oh God, she's just terrible and she's bitchy and she's hardcore. But then we get to the heart of it and she has in her own self accepted that she's given up the life she thought she would have coming to America, raising a family. She also tells Pearl that she sees the terribleness in her. Right. And so through this whole little kind of, it's not really a dialogue because Pearl doesn't do much talking back. (laughs) Then I was just like this lady. I mean, she was really good, really, (laughs) really good. And then you said she didn't even speak German. She learned German just for this movie. Yeah. Two weeks. Damn. Yeah, and she speaks it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't question it. I didn't. I'm not German, but I mean, maybe German yeah. people would. But no, it was amazing. And she was just really convincing that she, her heart was broken, not just because of her husband's situation, but that she's raised this daughter that she knows, like she truly knows as a mother. It's not going to go. That Pearl is not well. And yeah. it's almost to the verge of you feel like the mother's going to try to kill Pearl just to like, because she said, I'm not letting you off this farm for you to bring harm to other people. Right. It was really good. She was excellent. Matthew Sunderland is the father. Okay. Even though he's, you know, he's they've got him kind of like all chewed up there. You know, he's, you know, he's in a wheelchair. He's unwell. He doesn't speak. He doesn't move. But the change in his reactions, like I was saying before, that's a lot to get out of a person who's literally not. I mean, you could take a still frame of him at some points and he's, that's just, he's just very still and very contained, you know, and he's can't move, can't talk. And you're just convinced he's an empty shell, but then little things start to change. So I give him credit for that. He was yeah. very brokenhearted and upset and sad. And you got all that from him. There was mm. no happiness though in this house. We've got Emma Jenkins Perot as Mitzi. She's the sister-in-law. What do she you think? She was really good. I liked Again. her too. Yeah, she had some, I mean, that dialogue at the end was to her, basically. I would have liked to seen her face a bit more when it was being said to her. Mm. But I think it was actually a good reveal when the camera, like, after Pearl said all this stuff, the camera pans over and you can see her face is a mixture of, I'm pretending not to be scared. I'm absolutely terrified. I need to leave and get out of it. And also, I feel bad for you. And you I feel, can also, tell. I feel I wish I could fix this. Yes. Yeah. She was really good. Yeah. And David Sweat as the projectionist. He was really good, too. Yeah. And he's just a small part of the middle of the movie there. You know what I really enjoyed about the, the interaction between Pearl and the projectionist was Pearl's sheltered. She just lived in this place. This guy's got a bit of worldly kind of thing about him. And he started to open her eyes, right, just in this one night, like of talking to her and showing her stuff. And she was different, wasn't she, that after that night? Well, she's like, thank you for actually talking to me about this. Yeah, so- there's a lot that had not happened to her before that after that night. And it wasn't just that he slept with her. It was like he'd give her a snippet of a movie, like a piece of the negative that she kept on her, let her watch a movie, which was this... I was like, oh, it's going to be a cool movie, right? But 
it was a, what do you call it? It was like a porno, but from the 20s. Yeah. Or what well, wasn't from the 20s, apparently. Right. It's a controversial. It's real. It's a real movie. Yeah. That it was made in the era. So in the teens or the 20s. So you just have to look up, watch the movie, and you can find out. You found out about it, right? Yeah, and they don't shy away. They show you that No, <laughs> And, you know, people like to pretend that we've invented all of the debauchery and yeah. the violence and the anger and the sexuality and the pornography here in our modern age. But you know what? Seriously, as soon as people could make moving pictures, what do you think was one of the first things that got made? Pornography. I mean, yeah. it's just the reality of it. So he shows her that and she's just, she's not bothered by it at all. She's just like, if I'm going to be she's famous. She's fascinated by it. Yeah. I don't even care what it is. I'll do that. I'll dance. I'll do whatever. And he said, what does he say? You could be in movies like this. I'd watch you. And I was like, is that creepy or are these two just made for each other, you know? <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> yeah, apparently Ultimately, not. yeah. Uh, directed by Ty West. He also directed X. He's directing the upcoming Maxine. He did The Innkeepers, Cabin Fever 2. He's done lots of different TV shows. What do you think of Ty West? Um, did you say that you feel like there was an improvement made over? Yeah, it's an improvement as in there's something more substantial, like visually the vibe, everything. It's just more solid than the first one. But then again, maybe that's just part of the experience, right? You, you're introduced to the people in the first movie. In yeah. X. Like they're just this sort of like caricatures of seventies hippy dippy. They're going to go make a porno movie and they're giggly and goofy and blah, blah, blah. You know? So you're kind of on that. They're very typical horror. Yeah. Movie and then trope. it descends into like the weirdness. And then this one because I already know that I, maybe I my brain just kicked in to like pay attention to the solid parts. I don't know. Um, I mean, it is a different vibe for sure. It is, but I also feel like he honed in a lot more on actual camera work and the patience with her doing that monologue, just letting her do it, you know? So yeah. in that short period of time, cause I don't know how long did they take to film them all? Not long. It was like, Four months for both right. of them. But I feel like, you know, it's just like anything. The more you do it and then you watch your dailies and you're like, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. So I apologize, Ty, if you feel like they're all of the exact same quality. But I feel like it's just like anything these days, right? We are learning skills in a way that has never been in human history, right? So in the past, if I wanted to learn how to play violin, what would I have to do? First of all, I'd have to somebody have to give me a violin and then I'd have to get books and I'd have to have somebody come and teach me and I'd have to take lots of classes. I would have to pay to go physically to get to somebody, right? Now I can literally pick up my phone, which is this little device here, boop, boop, boom, watch a person, tell me some stuff, pick up a violin, boom, boom, boom. I'm learning it. It feels like he's had an opportunity that he was doing well before. I mean, the first movie's great and the other movies are good too. But then all of a sudden there's this intense cramming <laughs> like 10 years of filmmaking, which it would be, right? If you're making three movies, it would yeah. probably be over a span of at least three to five years. You definitely wouldn't have made a trilogy in a year and a half. Right. And so if you're cramming it all in, there's going to be lots of problems to solve and technical things that you're overcoming or that you're like, oh God, I did that shot that way before in the barn, but I'd, I now I know I'm going to do it this way. It's like a condensed improvement. Yeah. That sounds insulting a little bit, but that's not how it was meant. 
Let's get on to the IMDb reviews. What are those? Those are IMDb reviews on a site, on a website called Internet Movie Database. And they are one star reviews, which you love because usually <laughs> we get some classics. Like it's amazing that people post really the exact same thing a lot. And um, today when we like the movie so much, it'll be fascinating to see. I can predict what some of them are probably, but. Well, this one's a bit of both. So let's start with this one. He says, first of all, I loved X, so I was really looking forward to seeing Pearl. I was highly disappointed in how this movie came out. It felt very rushed. Mia Goth was fantastic. She deserves an Academy Award for her role. But other than that, the movie totally sucks. <laughs> it was beautifully shot, but again, it felt like A24 told them they needed to have it out before the end of the year. So it was quantity over quality. They already have a third one coming out called Maxine. Like we even need a third one. Right, so I disagree. So there's that. I agree that with Mia Goth being Academy Award. Absolutely, no. yeah. absolutely. This one says, I kept waiting and waiting for some cliffhanger or some sort of surprise or twist, but it never came. It was dumb from beginning to end. What a waste of paper the script was written on. I don't even know how these things get mad. <laughs> he means made. I know. I know you love to make fun of people's typos. Yeah. <laughs> And finally, this guy says, what a sick and disgusting movie. It's everything wrong with the modern world, sick to the core. Stay away if you're a happy person. This is rotten to the core and promotes depression. It's mentally unstable and shouldn't be available to the public. Avoid it at all costs, especially teenagers or the suicidal, as this film promotes depression. I mean, it's unfortunate that there is a thing. You can watch a movie or read a book or watch a commercial or talk to a friend or read a tweet and it will make in your brain, people modern day call it triggering in all of our life. It just reminds you of something that makes you feel very bad, right? Everything can do that. I'm not saying this movie isn't disgusting and depressing and it's very hardcore emotionally because it is. But it needs to exist as well. I need in life for there to be artists who say, you know, like, bleh, here's this, <laughs> my interpretation of whatever it is, either, whether it is Friday the 13th or Praxine or Pearl or a Hallmark movie where everybody's, you know, dealing with problems in a very nicey, nice way instead. I need it all to exist. Yes. I don't want to take away just because it can upset someone because it can also reflect something in society. It can also make you think about stuff like... She's fictional, but there are people in the world who have done terrible, horrible things. And without excusing behavior, understanding things can just give you a different perspective on life. And so I feel like that's uh, it's worthy of that. All right. So that's the IMDb reviews. Extras, we didn't see any, but we're going to give this movie a score. I'm actually going to give Pearl a 9 out of 10. That's even higher than me. I'm doing an 8.5. Can't wait to see the next one now. And A24, you did it again. So let's have your score. What did you say? You oh, you haven't given me your score. I did. I did. You said, you. oh yeah, 8.5. If anybody would like to call in right now live and tell him what I said, that'd be great. 8.5. Correct. <laughs> all right. I give it a 9, you give it an 8.5. Yeah, it's really good. And, you know, you again, you can argue all you want and give me all the flaws. And I don't give a shit what you think about my opinion because it's my opinion. And that was a bonus horror film. Um, we finished with our horror run. We've done five weeks. Aww. So next week we're going to review Clerks 3. 
And it's not horror or horrible? It's from Kevin Smith. (laughs) (laughs) It's the third Clerks movie. Yeah, I know what Clerks 3 means. I know words and numbers. All right. Thank you to A24 for letting us review Pearl. Next week, Clerks 3. Movie recommendations. I'm going to give you two TV shows that Ty West has directed episodes of. The Exorcist, highly rated TV show that nobody watched. Was it highly rated? No, that's why no it's one It's highly watched rated it. by me. Right. I think it is fantastic. You do? Watch The Exorcist TV show. There was two seasons. You can get it on streaming. Go and watch it. Ty West did a bunch of the episodes. Ty West also did a bunch of Wayward Pines, which is another TV show. Wayward Pines, right on. I forgot about it. That we enjoyed. Yeah. And I don't think like it was highly watched. It was one of those, though, that the lead up to the thing... And then finding out the thing was like, yeah. oh my God. Yes. And then it kind of like, it, did. <gasps> it didn't hang on to the momentum so much, but I still enjoyed it. I and think, it had Matt Dillon. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I think the first season was exceptionally good. It kept you on the edge of your seat. Like what the hell is happening? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Ty West, The Exorcist and Wayward Pines, both TV shows. You can watch them on Netflix. I am sure. Don't quote me on that though. Oh, you want my recommendations? Is that what we're waiting on? Yes. <laughs> Well, I'm going back to the 90s, and I think I'm in 1996-ish still, maybe 97. Oh, no, I'm still in 96. This isn't a matter of quality. It's just quantity. These are movies and TV shows that I have. They've flowed through my eyeballs into my brain over the course of my life. Two Days in the Valley, The People versus Larry Flint. I like that one. 101 Dalmatians, the animated version, I believe, or was that the live action? Mm, Who knows? Question. I didn't specify. Star Trek First Contact and Jerry Maguire. I swear you've had Jerry Maguire before. I might have been, but not on this list. All right. What are you, nitpicking my list? I am, yes. Mm. I'm nitpicking it. I'm over it. I feel like it's uh, got repeats in it. Move on. (laughs) So Ace Gully stuff. I've been playing some more Gotham Knights. You uh, helped me. I'm doing like the mopping it up. I finished the story. What he's saying is he's cheating. Yeah, I finished the story, and now I'm just going around getting all the collectibles. It's a tedious process, but I do like to do it. But let's explain. What we do is we go on the internet and find where other people have found them, and then I say to you, okay, go to this building that looks like this on this street, and go over here, and there it is. And then you go, okay. You're my GPS. (laughs) Yes. So we cheat it so that you can get them. Yeah. And I'm going around collecting all the things. So, And the story was really fun. You saw the end of the story. The story ended really abruptly because I sat down to have a game and didn't expect to finish yeah. the game. Like, And then I did finish the game and I was like, oh, is that it? Is it over? Interesting. Oh, it's all done. Interesting story. I kind of liked it. It wasn't unexpected what happened, but I won't spoil it for you. Gotham Knights, it's out now. But the other game I wanted to talk about is a game called One More Gate, A Wakfu Legend. And it's on Steam. That's a really long title. But what it is, is it's a side-scrolling card game. And you know how much I like card games, Sito? I do. So like Hearthstone was the first card game that I got like hooked on. And it's the kind of game where, you know, it's not like playing cards. It is uh, it is playing cards, but it's not like the old, you know, clubs and spades and diamonds. It's not as good as Solitaire is what you're saying. It's better than Solitaire. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this one more gate is a side-scrolling card game. So like when you get to an enemy, you walk your guy along, then there's an enemy, and you play the 
these cards against the enemy to take the enemy down. In fact, it's similar to a game that you play, Sid Talk, where you do words against enemies. Do you know which one I'm... What is that called? Words against enemies? Is it Word Quest or something? Something you play on Steam where Oh, you, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. She plays a game where you have to... What is it you're doing? Are you spelling or are you... Yeah, just spelling. Gives you a bunch of letters and you have to pick words out of it. Kind of like And that's volatile. how you're killing the monsters. Correct. Well, it's exactly like that game, but instead of like the words, it's you're playing cards against each other and the cards have different values. You play a better card, you know. So you're going along, you're killing the monsters, you're opening chests, you're getting better. And then eventually it's kind of um, when you die, it's like roguelike. You keep some of your stuff when you come back, so you get better each time, so it kind of makes you keep going. You build a deck of cards. After each run, you might get some new cards, and then you can like look at all the cards and make a better deck. And then you've got to run through these dungeons and try and kill all the monsters and get out the other side and get all the best treasure. So it's called One More Gate, a Wakfu Legend. It's in early access on Steam at the moment. It's not a full release. There are a few levels available. And you know how early access works. You buy into it, they make the game better, and then eventually it comes out. I don't know about that. It's like Kickstarter, isn't it, Sid Talk? Kind of. You're kind of like helping them develop it by pledging your little bit of money to buy the game. But it's out now. It's on Steam. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? Well, it's going to be Maud the Pizza. Oh, yeah, pizza. As for your request. And what is your advice? And let's get out of it. My advice isn't advice. This is me promoting something that I've invented that the whole world seems to want to ignore. So I'm telling people. So if there's seven of you listening, because Ace Goalie won't say this, I want to spread this around. This is a new phrase. We're going to conquer the world with this. So if someone says something to you, instead of like, I get it, or I understand, you can say, I catch what you're throwing. I catch what you're throwing. Or you say something to someone blah, 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 blah. You catch what I'm throwing? Uh, yes. You catch what I'm throwing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just, my advice, I mean, you know, don't know. I don't have like a specific advice today. I guess well, that's I, fine. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I catch what, oh yeah, I catch what you're throwing. I catch what you're throwing. You catch what I'm throwing. All right. Ascully.com is our website. You can also catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. The podcast is on anchor.fm slash after the show. It's also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that podcasts are available. You can email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Do not email Sid Talk. She's not interested in anything that you bring to her. Not correct. And stay classy, Mia Goth. I hope you do get some awards for this movie because she was very good. Very, very, very good. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Somebody's doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs>